You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But you know the the one thing about plays like that and moments like that is for for us as a staff and when you're dealing with young players we try to tell them every moment is a teaching moment so you have the ability to be able to teach from from that moment and allow the players that are developing to really understand the techniques that you have to play during the, during those times so having had a chance to be in a lot of games like this it, it's 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 not moving myself one way or, or another or our staff because we know we keep the big picture in mind and the big picture is going to be making sure our players can develop. How do you feel about your defense right now? You've got your secondary kind of calmed down and restocked, and you got Eula Foscio back, and seems like everybody's fairly healthy. You feel pretty good about it? It's one of those scenarios right now where, where you're kind of peaking at, at the right time. A lot of the secondary guys are coming back, or some of them are coming back. A few of them, obviously, are, are not still. Uh, but when you have a chance to play with some good continuity and get a lot of plays on the football field with a lot of guys together, it, it's something that definitely helps. And, and again, just philosophically speaking, for us, our, our number one philosophy still is to make sure that you go play hard. When you can play hard, a lot of great things happen to you. And, and usually, when you're playing hard, the harder you play, the luckier you get. So that's something for us that, that we're definitely leaning on during during this time of year because when you're in November, you create the place to remember. Dan mentioned the secondary, but the third down, UCLA, ASU, you were 19 for 27 allowed. 70%, now it's 39% in the last four games. Is it all just personnel and guys getting healthy, or was there any kind of a scheme change? Uh, it, it's, it's a little bit of both. And probably the biggest thing is that's been one of the main points of contention for us when it comes to putting the players in the places where they can be successful, getting them to the point of attack, and now making your play at the point of attack. And during that little slump that we had there, we had some scenarios where a couple of guys uh, were not able to make their plays at the point of attack. So being able to sure up some of those things, it definitely, in the long term, has definitely been pretty good for us thus far. What, what does Washington State and Nakia Watson specifically do that makes them effective in the, in the running game? Everything, probably, and then probably I would, I would say the biggest thing is just the, the, the RPO game. Uh, everything is fast. Everything uh, with the tempo, the ball comes out fast. Uh, you, you can't go to sleep on the run game because they do get the ball downhill very fast. So some good effective blockers up front. And the, the thing that you see from everyone is they do a great job of literally just spreading the field, and that's kind of what the air raid is all about. They do a great job of spreading the field, keeping you on your, they want to keep you on your toes, have enough tempo, enough FSL, uh, some unbalanced things to where you just can't always see the exact same picture. 
The biggest reaction I saw on the sidelines on Saturday was um, the interception by McAllistein. Was there something behind that? <laughs> no, no. It's 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 something where. You know how, how you try to emphasize the players where preparation creates confidence. And, and that's something that he's been working on and doing where he's been preparing, preparing, preparing. Well, you know, often luck favors the prepared. So he, he was in the right place at the right time. So to see him come in the game, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that may have been either his first play in the game or second play in the game. And he, he's, he's one of the luckiest men around to where he's leading the team in interceptions. And every time he comes in, so usually around the first five plays, uh, he, he's just a uh, ball hog magnet. What makes Cam Ward effective? Say it again. What makes Cam Ward effective? Cam Ward the, when you have some skill that, that, that you're dealing with, but also I, I think the things that you're doing within the scheme to where a lot of the things that are happening are within five to six yards of the line of scrimmage. And when you can do that and you're hitting open receivers and a lot of it is, is some of the RPO, the RPO game, it, it, it makes it to where the quarterback can make effective decisions. The receivers can, do, can get to some effective spots and now they're able to make some plays and that's why they've been very successful. You've obviously been around a lot of rivalries, but how quickly getting here did you sort of realize how big the Apple Cup was, and, and what has that process been like learning more about it throughout the year? Yeah, it's it's something that we, we always have had a lot of respect for, even not having coached here or over there. Uh, j just over the years, it's something that in coaching I can remember this, and that maybe did this game always used to be played on a Friday? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, because I can remember always getting ready for a game, and that's one of the games that was always on, on, on television. So seeing some of the heated battles between the two schools is something that you definitely can appreciate and, and have a high level of respect for. And, you know, obviously a year ago is when our attention to this game really became a little higher. So seeing uh, some of the attention that it was given and seeing all of the players that come around, that, that, that is something that is very dear and true to them to where – their main concern is, hey, when we were meeting them, hey, I, I went 4-0 in Apple Cup. So w w when you get that from some of the premier players of this program, that lets you know that th this is one of those games. Jeremiah Martin mentioned after the game that the players still remember them partying on the 50 last year. Um, how much of that do you guys kind of tap into this week to get these guys fired up. Yeah, you, you know, you, you always want to find uh, different ways to make sure your players can be motivated, but uh, I, I think overall, with everything that you have going on, with everything that you have at stake, if you have to find some motivation for this game, you're in the wrong place. There, there is a lot at stake having a chance to, as you know, to go 1-0 for the week, to have a chance to win 10 games, to put yourself in a scenario to where you can still be in the conversation for being able to earn a conference championship. There, there is a motivation that's needed. Now, you put that on top of all of those things, now you have a pretty big cherry on top. Have you been to Bowman before? I have not. How much did you learn about the younger players, specifically Jacob Bandis, Maurice Hines, look like they got a lot of reps? <laughs> Yes, uh, it's it's great to see those guys, you know, just as a developmental program, you want to be able to see some of those guys develop. So, be, to, so to be able to see Bandaz uh, in the game and he's been playing, you know, let's say 10 to 15 snaps per game here and there. So, so to see him be able to finish the game off with a sack, that, that that's very gratifying for him. And, and with Maurice Himes, he's been someone who's been coming along throughout the whole fall. 
his biggest challenge is some of the guys that are in front of him are, are very dynamic. So he's kind of one of those guys that, that as you say, he's kind of waiting in the wings for his opportunity, and it showed up here at, at the end of the at the end of the game, and he was able to make a play. On a similar front, you know, Carson Bruner was a guy who was one of the big breakout players last year, and there's been so many linebackers this year that he hasn't had as much of an opportunity, but he showed up against Colorado. Does he need to play more than he is right now, or, or where does he kind of fit in the shuffle of, of so many different guys that you're rotating? We think where Carson is right now, it's, it's, it's pretty good to where he's able to make the plays he's supposed to make. He's able to drive the defense, and some of the individuals that are there, just, just as you said, they're, they're definitely pretty good, and Carson is in the mix with all of them. So from a performance standpoint, he's been able to be great on special teams, being able to be awesome when he comes in and, and maximizes his role. And he is exactly what you want as a team member. He's going to prepare. He's going to be ready. What you give him, he is going to take. And when he is there, he's going to make the most of his opportunities, just as he did on, on Saturday. Where's Eddie? Is he all the way back? As of right now, he's he is back into the fold enough to where his his level of dependability and reliability is very high. How about his snap count? Is that a, that a high max right now or high level? Yes. As you know, just as you get through the weeks, it's almost as if you get into week one, you know, he was in the five to ten plays, and you got week two, you can get to 15 to 20 plays, and in week three, you can get into your 40s if needed. So now you have an opportunity to take another step. So if he has to play more, uh, he can potentially be able to play more. Does that complicate the, the rotation there? I mean, you've had, obviously, Alfonso and Cam have been your starters all year. Mix Carson and, and Chris has played well. Is that does that give you more to manage now that you've you've got another veteran to, to work in there? Oh no, I think every coach you want to have great players that you can manage. It's it's tougher when you don't have great players, and you could, and these players have to play the whole time. So being able to being able to know that you can be able to put your players in great positions where they can be successful, that's exactly what you want, and that's more gratifying as a coach. Because when we go into a room uh, of a prospect of a recruit, we can tell them, hey, look, we play five to six linebackers per game. You're going to have a chance to develop and get better. As a backup guy, the backup guy is going to be able to get this, or the starter is going to be able to get this. So now what, what you're able to do is you're able to really build some continuity in your room and, and some depth in your room to where now when you're at the end of the season, now you have a lot of banked reps from everyone in the room. And that puts you in, in a position to where you can be playing a, a high level of play with what I would say four to five really good guys who can be starters on any team in America. Can't remember, remind you of anybody you played this year. And when looking at that uh, Washington State offense, what are the keys that you really need to stop on Saturday? Yeah, I think the biggest thing, just but yes, he is in, in the same conversation with some of the guys as as your Delora Bo Nix ish type. Um, but when, when it comes to uh, the keys to victory, number one, you have to make sure you can address every snap and have your cleats in the ground. Cleats in the ground, eyes on your keys, because where they've been very successful is being able to get some of the tempo stuff where they're kind of getting free plays slash free yards, which now keeps the, the chains moving. So being able to have your cleats in the ground is, is going to be a major emphasis for us. Making sure we can make our plays in space, because they do get the ball into some spaces where you're 
your one-on-one with some of their elite skill players. So being able to make those plays and also now now being able to get off the field on third downs because you 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 know when you play against great football teams, they know what our what our offense possesses. So they're going to do everything they can to make sure they can keep the chains moving. So we have to be ready for third downs and fourth downs. How would you describe your own offense? And see these gray hairs right here? <laughs> they, they, they're definitely fun to watch. Um, very multiple. And they get the ball in the hands of the skilled players. And they do a great job of being able to get the ball in, into the right spaces. And, and for us, that, that's why I love Coach DeBoer and Coach Grubb and the things that they're able to do with offense. Because with that combination, now in turn, you understand how to win football games. And, and that's been our recipe as a staff. You have the offense working together with the defense, working together with the special teams. And, and now you, you're able to, to produce victories on game day. Is this your four and eight last year, nine and two as of now? Has it even kind of exceeded your initial expectations for year one a little bit? No, you know, our expectations, let's say for us coming into year one, was to make sure we could literally capture the hearts and the minds of the players and let them know how much we love them, how much we care for them. And everything else is going to be a great byproduct. So we're seeing some of the byproducts of the um, being intentional to being able to care for our players, to be able to appreciate them, to let them know how much they are appreciated. And now when you have a couple of skill players and, and the ball bouncing your way a few times, you're going to be able to get lucky. So that's that's kind of where we're sitting right now. The, the main mission we always have is we want to go one and know every week. And we're only looking at that particular week. At the end of the season, now you can look over your shoulder and say, hey, these things occurred for us during the season. Last game of the regular season and you're just getting healthy. Does it feel a little weird that this is the last game of the real season now that you're healthy? <laughs> But as long as it happens at some point in time, we'll definitely take it. But that's kind of the ebbs and flows of college football. And the one thing that I think we've all learned, and you all will understand this over the last couple of years through the COVID processes, is you learn to deal with the individuals that you have access to. And the one thing that we've been able to do as a staff is really coach up the guys that are always there and let them know how much we trust them, how much we appreciate them, and put them in positions where they can be successful to be able to help us win the down on, on, on those given moments. All good, Coach? All right. Thank you. Go Huskies. Yep, yeah, thank you all. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Semi-finalist for the Royals Award. Yeah, I just heard that. <laughs> what does that mean to you? I think it means we got a great staff. Um, I mean that. I know it's a little bit cliched, but um, you know it takes all of us coaching our rooms individually, and um, I think they do a fantastic job in each one of their collective rooms, and we click really well together as a staff. So. Um, it certainly has has a lot to do with that, and then um, I do think we got great kids. 
Did um, Cam Davis surprise you with his touchdown run? Uh, does he practice that? Was that a complete surprise to you or what? If he practiced it, it was on his own. But uh, no, he's a really explosive kid, so I was excited to see that. I thought his, his other touchdown run was just as good. He was driving his legs, running right through two people, knocked their safety over backwards. So he's, he's powerful. Does that just say something about the athleticism of this team? Because you've seen Roma Duze juggle a catch. You've seen the double reverse pass with two guys touching the ball on the same play. And here Cam goes in, somersaulting in the end zone. I found about nine of those looking back at the season. Just they were incredible athleticism. Yeah, even Dev's catch, right? You know, he bounces back, has a, has a drop in the end zone and comes back and makes a circus catch on the sideline. So, yeah, it's just I think – all the guys on the team, uh, there's, we got playmakers, honestly, at every position. And uh, it's, it's exciting to try to find ways to get them the ball. With the reverse flea flicker, how long has that been in the back pocket? And how many times did you practice that? that? We ran that once this year already. McMillan only got like six yards, so this was his redemption to try to get that back. And so we were all giving him a bunch of grief about if we get you out there again, you got to make something happen. So, uh, and he did. <laughs> he for sure did. With that Colt catch, I mean, it's been noted he's had drop issues throughout his career. It's kind of been a lingering thing for him, but he, you know what he's capable of at the same time. How do you, is it just continuing to encourage someone like that, or how do you try to get the one uh, extreme without the other one? Yeah, it's uh, for Dev, he certainly has worked at it, and uh, in my time here, is, I feel like he's really worked hard to improve that skill, and, um, you know, for us, we just, equated to shooting free throws and the more times you can catch the better you can get focus um but i think it says a lot too like when we watch the film on sunday that you know mike trusts him that he's going to catch the ball you know he, he ends up ripping a sideline throw to him he obviously wouldn't have made that choice if he didn't think dev could make that catch but you know i think as far as minimizing the drops you just continue to work at it you know we we tell dev it's just water against a rock and just keep pounding you just got to keep going at it and and know that that skill is going to continue to improve and uh, we'll keep finding ways to try to push him to get better at it Ryan, what, what goes into the process of pulling michael out of a game I think he didn't make it move until you're up 40 plus, and then we didn't see Sam. We saw Dylan. So you just talk about kind of what goes into that process and when you're ready to do that. Yeah, it really probably could have been the possession before, honestly. Um, but uh, we were clicking, you know, along pretty good, and, and honestly, we were running the ball a lot too. So uh, just keeping the mechanics flowing didn't want us to, you know, go backwards in any way, and and. Uh, Honestly, it was probably going to be one of those two possessions. We just waited one more. And then um, as far as, you know, who was going in, Dylan has been the two and, and uh, took most of the reps during the week. So he was just the guy that was the most ready. What do you know about the Apple Cup? Man, just what I've been told, how special it is, you know, to this community and this school. And, and uh, I guess what I can tell is just from the guys, you know, their level of excitement and you got guys on our staff like JG that you know talk about how special it is to play in that football game and you know what it means uh but I mean I can I can understand you know a good rivalry uh, I've seen them you know multiple different places I've been South Dakota State North Dakota State University of Sioux Falls and Augustana were across the street from each other and you know those are those are special games so there, there's definitely a little extra something going into it Against Oregon, Michael took off and ran for a first down, and you told him you wanted him to use his feet a little bit more. 
he took off against Colorado, took a pretty good hit. You cool with that? Uh, not cool with the hit, but he's just got to make sure he's managing that. I think, you know, Mike is. Uh, I've said this since the beginning. He is a true quarterback. He is always going to look to find a solution with his arm first, you know. And I think as long as he's, you know, making good decisions and keeping himself upright, we're we're good with him running around a little bit. Right. I asked William the same question. I want to ask you too about Jeremiah Martin on defense. He said Saturday night that they remember the Cougars partying on the fifty. How much do you guys bring that up this week and use that as motivation? Yeah, it was the closing slide in our offensive meeting. So um, I think that there's on Sunday. Yeah, um, I, I definitely think there's some motivation to that. You know, the, the guys definitely felt like, you know, they were disrespected in some kind of way. And, um, you know, for us, it always comes down to execution in us. And regardless who we're playing, I know that's boring, but it's true. Um, but I, I think that that motivation piece can help with preparation. You know, that the guys are excited to get to work and, you know, the game means a lot to them. So I, I think that there's probably more for, for the guys that were on that field when they, they saw that and felt that. And um, they're, they're excited to get back out there. But we've talked a lot, too, about this is a different family. This is a different offense, you know, that – um, we're excited to be able to go out there and, and avenge that. Your line right now is playing really, really well uh, the last couple of games specifically. How much of that has to do with Jackson Kirkland just getting back into the groove and getting more acclimated and how well are they playing? Yeah, they're, they're playing at a high level. I think, you know, Jackson being there, um, I think always provides just a, a lot of stability. You know, and, and not just for Troy, but for Corey as well. You know, he just has so much game experience and savvy besides being, you know, a physical talent. I think there's a piece when you're there as a solidifying factor in that unit that he can just get everybody to feel at ease and play aggressive. And, and definitely I've seen Troy grow every week, you know, when he's playing next to Jackson. With Washington State, uh do they have the most complete or, I guess, I guess the most sound defense that you've seen this season? Yeah, I would say them or uh, Oregon State are very comparable, um, both in uh, their skill sets and just how sound they are. They're, you know, they're not going to give up the freebies and they're going to play really fast and physical. Um, I think that those two defenses are as good as we've seen for sure. Just curious, um, Dylan Morris, you know, he has been put into situation outside of maybe Arizona State, but he just looks a lot more confident and comfortable to me than he did last year. What's What's been his progress? Is he getting some good insight from you and then watching Michael Penix do it and really getting kind of a, uh, a quarterback uh, uh, t you know, tutorial? You know, Dylan, um, it's actually really cool. I wish more people could see it. Like the the interaction between Dylan and Mike, you know, whether it's at practice or in a game, um, just talking back and forth about what they're seeing. Um, I think that that really has shown, you know, there, there's been growth in that room. And those two guys, for sure, um, have grown together. And I think Dylan sees all the things that Mike does really well in, in the offense and, and is able to execute it. And I think it speaks a lot, though, to... Um, you know, Dylan's preparation, honestly, is second to nobody on this team. I mean, he is as prepared as anybody on this football team. So I think as far as getting in and executing the calls, you know, uh, he does a really good job. And I mean, I think I think Dylan got hit 
more times than Mike has all year in, in like three series. So uh, two of the hits that he, he took were on completions. And I thought that said, you know, a lot about Dylan's toughness and his um, really confidence in the play that he was that he was playing. So um, he's, he's doing a great job. And I think that's that's a tough job. You know, he does not get nearly the reps. You know, he probably gets a fifth of the reps that Mike gets. And uh, just to be able to know the offense and execute it at a high level is says a lot to his preparation. How does Sam fit this offense? Uh, right now, you're saying? Uh, I mean, he he's learning. He's doing a great job. I think the things that Sam does well that fits in this offense, he throws a really good deep ball. I think there's some intermediate throws that he does a nice job driving on. He has to continue to work on, you know, having a quick release and things like that, getting the ball out on time on on short throws. But um, you know, all the way back to his high school film, I think what he's shown he can do is is throw a good deep ball. And then he had 54 points and Rome has two catches. Was it just hard to get him involved? Were they doing something to take him? Um, there, there's a multitude of things there. I think one of the things when you're uh, when you're playing a team like that that was. You know, dropping eight pretty consistently and pushing people into deep zones and keeping a essentially a lid on top of it. You know, you have to find other ways. And you know, going into the game, we told the guys that that it was going to be hard hard work to get yards. And if you caught the ball, the yards were going to probably come after the catch. And you saw a lot of that. You know, you think about some of Jalen's catches and the rest of the guys. There was very few um, where you could get the ball down the field. It's also why we, you know, probably ran for close to 300 yards as well as that's what they were giving you. So, you know, the the big shots to, to Rome and things like that were um, a little less obvious to be able to have. You might have just alluded to it, but with, with McMillan, it seems like the last two weeks he's really started to kind of settle in. And I'm wondering where specifically you feel like the biggest strides have been individually for him. I think Jalen's ability to, you know, he's always been really good at just separating. You know, that, that's what he's good at. You put him in space, you get a defender locked onto him, and he just separates. He's really good at that. Um, and for him, being able to get him into different spots where he understands the offense fully and line him up in different areas to expose other defenders, I think is where he's really grown. You know, that when you start moving guys around, and, and I you know, told the guys that very early on in this offense, if you just line up Rome or Jalen in the same spot every week, it's going to be fairly easy to defend those guys. But when you start moving those guys around and they can't really get a beat on where they're going to line up, that gets a little tougher on them. Is there, is there much difference between Odunze and McMillan? They've both been starters going back to like 2020 at times, and their stats almost marry each other, and they take turns being like the leading receiver, it seems like. Can you differentiate those two in any way? Yeah, I think they, they have different skill sets. You know, I think there's, there's – uh, and that's a good thing. You know, they, they have different strengths that you can really um, push to in your offense. As I mentioned, you know, Jalen is is a really elite option runner, you know, a guy that you can get isolated on people. He's going to win and separate. Uh, at the same time, he's a guy that can take people deep um, where they think he's just going to line up on the inside. And you find a way to get him out isolated on a corner and put the ball over the top. And for Rome, you know, um, I think there's two things with him. Number one, his ability to win over the top because he is a big, long receiver that can win over the top um, but at the same 
same time, his catch and run skills for a longer receiver, I think, are are different than a lot of guys where you'll see him catch an underneath throw and all of a sudden he's got 20 yards, right? That's where you see some of the screens and hitches and things like that, that Rome turns a, a five-yard play into 25. So um, and I think they're both developing at, at all their skills too where, you know, you can, you can intermix those guys because we've started doing that with Rome as well where he's become your option runner. So again, they have to focus on different different points of attack. And they seem to respect each other. I mean, in, in some situations, one of those guys might want to be the number one guy and, and make everybody know it and say it, but it doesn't seem like they, they strive for that. No, they're, they're very humble kids. Um, we're, we're lucky with that, that, you know, um, that can be tough, you know, where you get guys in a room and somebody wants the ball so much that they uh, can become selfish. And I don't think that that's reared its head at all you know and I think that's one of the keys of having a good offense is having the right kind of guys in the room and for us we've been fortunate with that because you want guys that you want them to fight for the ball you know and demand that man I want the ball coach I want the ball you want that you don't want a guy that's just sitting in the corner and a wallflower but at the same time never at the at the expense of the team and you know every Saturday we have the same talk and you know some guys might be not terribly excited about their job that particular day or their role going into the game but Saturday is not the day to talk about it we'll figure it out after that and if there's a better way to get the guys the ball more we'll, we'll work on that so I think those are those are good conversations that happen and, and the guys have been uh, very professional about that and, and it's what's allowed us to be good on game day. After the game, J-Mac said, uh, Grubb has some of the weirdest plays, uh, but they're awesome. Um, are there weirder plays than the double reverse that we just haven't seen yet? And if so, what are oh, yeah. We got a couple more. There's, there's a few more in there. We'll, we'll find a way to get a couple more out there. With your scripting of plays, do you have the first play scripted for the Apple Cup? No, not yet. Got to let that marinate a little bit. Yeah, monitoring the weather forecast, does that factor in? I don't have to. Coach DeBoer updates me every seven hours, so yeah. <laughs> seven minutes, maybe I should say. You guys have you've been involved in offense in the Midwest in November and all that. Do you, do you relish an opportunity to play in a, you know, maybe a 30-degree type of game? Yeah, I think it's, it's a... It's fun just thinking about, you know, the, the toughness component. You know, I think there's always something with the game of football when guys have to line up in adverse conditions and, and see who can, you know, make out the right way. I'm excited that, you know, we got the run game going a little bit, rolling into that last game where you probably are going to need it a little bit. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Good afternoon. Um, just real quick, uh, it's great to have a, another big game, you know, and winning the games that we have uh, have put us in a spot to where, you know, they all mean something. And, of course, this one means uh, more than most. And uh, can't wait to have a great week of practice. And the energy, I'm sure, uh, will be as high as it's been all year. So, um, you know, feel great about uh, what we accomplished this last weekend, being undefeated. 
at home and sending the seniors off with their last home game in a in a great way got a lot of guys on the football field so a lot of excitement around the team and um you know be a be a great one this saturday for sure remember you told us that i think even before your press conference with the media you met with the team and you brought up the flag planning with delora and the party and all that mm -hmm. jeremiah martin said they haven't forgotten that yeah. How big of a theme has that been? How big of a theme will it be for you? Yeah, I think it's definitely a motivating factor. I mean, it's something that uh, I know the guys haven't forgot. Um, I think it has to be more than that because um, that will wear off. And so I think it has to be about the things and what we stand for and how important uh, it is to be our best and, and the things that we discuss uh, from day one uh, since we got here. But uh, it certainly um, is, a, is a part of this game, and um, the guys haven't forgot that. What do you enjoy about rivalry games you've coached and played in them? What do you, what do you love about them? Yeah, I think just, uh, you know, we can't get caught up in uh, what's happening with our, our fan bases and all that, but uh, it's it means a lot. It means a lot to our, our our fan base, our alumni. It means a lot to our program to um, be able to give the bragging rights to those that uh, support us and, and for the next year, and uh, that's a big deal. So um, we've got to do everything we can to prepare to make sure we do our part. Coach, when you were back at Sioux Falls, you had some great teams chasing championships. You still got an outside chance to play in the championship game. But how similar does this team feel to some of the success that you had back at Sioux Falls, especially going into the last game? Um, I think we're building into that. I think, you know, the, the thing you got to remember is I was there for 10 years, five as a coordinator and then five as a head coach. And so you keep stacking um, days and years and just, uh, you know, the, the, everything uh, that you want in your culture becomes so entrenched. And we're still just so early in that in my mind. Um, but we have come along really fast because of the character of our guys and the want to. Um, I think, uh, you know, where we are, at right now compared to where we were at in spring, um, fall camp, uh, even week four, five, six of the season. Um, I don't want to say we're unrecognizable from like what we do schematically, but I think from within the the journey that we've been on has really created like this this uh, this special the special piece of like response to adversity, um, the, the, the moments that we share, the good and the bad. And so um, it's made us who we are. Uh, it, it's a special year because of all those tough times followed up by responses uh, and the good times that followed. Um, we've got a string of games together uh, right now that we've, we've uh, I think it's five now, right? Five wins. And, you know, there's been a little bit of a back to the wall if you truly want to be in the running for a conference championship. And that part feels a little bit like it would be, I guess, back to those days um, just because, uh, you know, in playoff, it's, uh, it's do or die. And that's kind of how it's been if we want to really realize those uh, dreams of having a chance to be in a Pac-12 championship and win one. You mentioned before Oregon that every speaking event you've been to, fans have told you you need to beat Oregon. What have they told you about this game, if anything? What have you heard in the last year? The same fans couple Washington State with uh, Oregon. So it's literally, um, you know, it's 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 the bragging rights, you know, and, uh, you know, 
how, how you feel about it is always the question and how excited are you? And then of course the, the history of it, um, you know, everyone wants to make sure, um, you understand, uh, this game and that game. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, they're, they're really the same things happen when it comes to talking about Oregon as it does, uh, talking about Washington state, wherever I go. You mentioned, um, Jeremiah's comment about you know, celebrating the field. A lot of guys after the game were talking about revenge right away. In your experience, what kind of correlation do you see between lots of emotion during the week and, and actual execution on the field? Is there, is there any correlation between that? I think your entire week of preparation is exactly what you're going to get on Saturdays. Um, and that's why it's so important, you know, um, let's take last week, for example, coming off of a big win against Oregon. Um, you cannot drop off on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, because if you're not, if you, if there's not an emotional element to your preparation, um, you won't have that emotion and that, that, uh, that energy that you want, uh, come on, come Saturday, or at least it won't be deep enough to carry you through, um, you know, an entire game, you know, it might, it's going to wear off. And so, um, you know, that's where these weeks are easier because the energy and the excitement is there from from the beginning. And um, you're probably just, as much as anything trying to just temper it and uh, keep it under control so you can really focus. And um, I, I'm really proud of our guys because I think the last couple of weeks, again, now we've done a good job of. Um, you know, t being focused and playing smart, not having, uh, you know, uh, uncharacteristic discipline issues on the field, you know, just um, the penalties have been, you know, kept minimal. And, um, you know, I'm proud of those guys because in an emotional game like it was against Oregon, the late hits, the big hits, the extracurricular can happen. And then, you know, a game like this last week where you take things, we aren't taking things for granted, but you know that the expectation is that you win. Um, you know, it can go, it can have, it can rear its ugly head in those games as well. You know, um, before the start of the season, somebody in here asked you what your expectations were. And the, and the question was kind of posed, like, he didn't say it in numbers, but it's like, you know, six or seven wins be adequate. And, and your answer was, I only play for championships. Yeah. And I just wondered if you felt like um, the fan base and, and the media base here had lower expectations than you, you know, especially after what we saw last season when, when it all kind of fell apart. Yeah, I mean, that's what I feel. I feel that this is a championship caliber program. Um, it was just a matter of how quickly we could get to the this point you know now we can talk a little bit more about us being close to that you know and um, nine wins I think it puts starts putting you in those conversation ten does obviously you, you got to get there and um, we certainly aren't there yet and we got uh, we got some work to do along with uh, some help from others but um, I was more focused I'm always more focused on the process and getting there and uh, that we're always improving um, but you know, this is a championship program. This has uh, got the foundation that's been set over many decades of, of success. And um, it's just a matter of time of when we were going to get to that point. You, uh, celebrations have kind of evolved over the years in terms of, uh, you know, athletes do it. It could be in any sport, you know, someone flipping a bat in baseball 20 years ago, you looked at as, you know, blasphemy and, and now it's like commonplace talked about the flag on the field and whatnot. Do you feel like there, there's a certain line that can't be crossed these days? Do you think it's anything's all on the table now? 
No, I mean, I, I think, I mean, in the end, um, it's a very competitive game, but, you know, let's let's have respect. And um, we talk about that a lot and, and different people interpret, you know, the respect in different ways. And I think that's what you're getting at with your question. And, um, you know, um, you know, just we want to make sure we handle it uh, in our program and not that we're perfect. Um, I'm sure you can find some area where, um, you know, someone or, you know, here and there, uh, one per one person here and there probably did something that was just a little bit beyond what uh, you would consider first class. But uh, that's something that we're going to always be talking about in our program. It's part of one of our main goals. And uh, I think the accountability we hold our team to, um, you know, before, during, after the fact, um, I think is something that our guys have become to take a lot of pride in, have come to take a lot of pride in, you know, and so we want to continue to, you know, uphold that. And, um, you know, I think in the end you want to talk with your pads and that the win is what you're going to remember the most. It's not about that moment and that celebration. Um, but again, going back to the original question earlier, um, certainly can be a motivator when you're on the wrong end of it, you know, for the next time up. You and Jake Dickert have taken sort of similar paths and come from similar places collegiately. Yep. Had you known him prior to this, or what's that history like? Oh, yeah, I'm certainly aware of, of Jake, and and uh, Coach Dickert's done an awesome job uh, at a lot of different places, and um, he's lived in some of the same cities or cities that I, I have, and certainly aware of his past and, and have great respect for what he's accomplished and what he's continuing to do there at Washington State this year, so... Uh, one of your off topic for a second, one of your predecessors, Coach Peterson, kind of had a rule when it came to recruiting that if you're committed, doesn't want you taking visits to anywhere else, whatever. I know you can't talk about it specifically, but there's a story that Lincoln is visiting Ohio State. Are you? Do you want guys going out and seeing what's out there, kind of taking advantage of opportunities like that, or do you kind of fall in line with more where Chris was? No, I think. Um, I mean, when you're committed, you're you're committed, and um, you know th every situation is different. Um, um, and uh, I think that, you know, that's a part of, uh, you know, times change, but also they still say the same. And I think, uh, you know, when you give your verbal commitment, it is that. So, um, but, you know, every, every, everything is different, uh, you know, and every, every situation you run to has its own little pieces to it. So. Apple Cup's a big week, but it's also a big week for families. A lot of your players are away from their loved ones. How do you guys approach Thursday, big team dinner? What's your go-to Thanksgiving meal? <laughs> I'm pretty traditional. I like the turkey, the dressing, all the, all that good stuff. But, um, you know, we'll have practice um, like we would, and we're a morning practice team, so Thursday morning and then the dinner after that. Uh, I've certainly encouraged, and we'll have a practice on Friday, but I've certainly encouraged, uh, you know, that uh, the guys who are local, if they can have an opportunity to uh, take someone with them uh, that doesn't have a place to go, uh, they do that. And... Um, you know, we, we certainly will continue to provide the meals for them uh, that day and Friday morning. Um, and, you know, the, the timeline and kind of the unknown of what could happen for next week as well um, kind of keeps it to where you don't have a lot of options as far as guys who got to travel a long ways to go home. They're pretty much got to be here this weekend uh, from Friday on, even if they're not on the travel roster for the Washington State game. Beginning of fall camp, the weather was hot. And now it's it was cold at Husky Stadium. It's going to be cold over in Pullman. How's it compared to South Dakota? And the cold weather games feel more like football to you? Well, I think cold weather games. Uh 
you know, when the sun's out um, is one thing compared to a 7.30 kickoff, right? You know, uh, when the sun's out, it's amazing how much different it feels. But, uh, I mean, to me, the other night, even, I don't know what the exact temperature, high 30s probably when it was over with. I'm, I mean, when the guys are out there on the field, like, they're sweating. They're they're playing ball. They don't even realize. I even on the sideline didn't have that much clothes on, and you know it was it's warm. You know, to me, cold is all relative, and it's going to be a mindset anyway. But um, I think when the wind picks up and the precipitation is is rain, I think that's when it starts feeling cold, and when it goes to another level and, and affects your execution uh, probably more than anything. But just cold itself, and maybe even a little snow. Um, isn't a big deal. It's probably the wind and rain, you know, that you get into uh, where the weather impacts you. You mentioned the possible there's, there's still a Pac-12 championship potentially on the line here. Weird situation after the game on Saturday where you need Oregon to win to beat Utah. <laughs> Did you find yourself? Oh yeah, <laughs> rooting for the Ducks. Yeah, I mean we're we're still selfish in all of this, right? We need to we need to do what's best for us, and that was at the time was what was best for us. You ever visited Poland? Ever been over there? I've been there one time. Flew in and flew out. Did a did a home visit at one point. Yep. Did you get it? No, we did not. Yeah, it was uh, Bill Moose's son. So when we was at Fresno. So, so you know the best quote that's ever come out of this rivalry cup between coaches? I do not. Jim Walden, very loquacious, very outspoken. John Day, uh, Don James, very uh, low key and. James declared that he was a 2,000-word underdog that week. 2,000 what? 2,000-word underdog. <laughs> he was. I got you. You won't probably hear too much. I'm probably – I know Coach Dickert. He's not uh, – I don't know who the underdog is on this one. So, you know, I just I think uh, we're just going to go about our business and prepare like we have each and every week. And, um, I mean, we're just going to leave it on the field. Um, that's what we pride ourselves in doing. I mean, the Husky, Husky football is all about toughness. And, and um, you know, this is a, a great way to finish off a season where I think we've continued to grow – continued to grow in our toughness, our resiliency, and uh, we're going to need all that on Saturday. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.